You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and we have the news. I said it yesterday that it was going to happen It has been announced. We now know the status of Kellen Mond moving into the 2021 season. We'll be breaking all that down in just a quick moment. Before we begin the show, make sure you're listening to us every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com and follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the repertoire. Secondly, Locked On Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. We had a feeling this was going to happen. We had a feeling that this was going to be the storyline, and this, of course, was the biggest one to follow going through the weekend, but it is official. Kellen Mond is leaving Texas A&M. He will declare for the 2021 NFL Draft. Ending his career at AM on a high note, he took to Twitter to announce his decision. Dear Aggieland, after much consideration with my family, I have made the decision to declare for the 2021 NFL Draft. It has been an incredible four years as an Aggie. I came to Texas AM with the goals of growing as a person, as a leader, and as a football player. I have been fortunate enough to have the best coaches, athletic staff, academic staff, and especially the best teammates. I wouldn't have achieved my goals if it wasn't for you. Thank you to the Texas A&M students and alumni as you have been by my side to support and challenge me every step of the way. There's nothing like the Aggie Nation and the support of the 12th man. I am forever grateful for those relationships I have and I am proud to say I am an Aggie for life. I am looking forward to the newest chapters in my life, having the 12th man behind me every step of the way. Gig'em, Kellen Mond. Here's the deal. Anyone who's sitting out here wondering why Kellen Mom would go to the NFL draft when you have a shot of becoming the next big name or even in a weaker draft class with quarterbacks because right now, this is a very weird functioning time. And I'll explain. When we talked at the start of the 2019 year, Tua Tungavailoa at Alabama was far and away the number one draft pick. Everyone said, oh, tank for Tua, tank for Tua, tank for Tua. And after that, you also heard about another guy by the name of Justin Herbert. Both of them did end up going in the first round. They just went five and six. Then you had the year before Baker Mayfield really come out of nowhere. It was, you know, it was be a Ben Darnold for Sam Darnold or, you know, uh, lose it all for Allen or even, you know, risk it for Rosen. All of them were, you know, eventually top 10 picks, but Baker Mayfield really jumped the gun. That's not the case in 2020. It's been this way for a while that Trevor Lawrence from Clemson will be the number one pick. And after that, it was really Justin Fields who probably has a shot to be number two. And the biggest thing that really jumped up was Zach Wilson from BYU. You usually know who's going to be in that top consideration. So going into 2022, we're kind of back to that similarity. 
Sam Howell from UNC, uh, uh, Jaden yeah, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Uh, I would say probably JT Daniels from Georgia, and maybe you can throw in. Yeah, let's just say Keaton Slavis from USC. How about that? We just throw him in there as well. You still don't know which one of those guys is going to be it, if any of them are going to be it. Mond, a veteran who could return, have a breakout year, could be the next Joe Burrow. Not only that, he could also be so talented that he joins the Heisman conversation. But then you have to look at the flip side. What if he struggles? What if he's rough? What if... Everything that we saw in 2020 was the best we were going to get. Now you go from possibly being a, you know, a round three, round four quarterback to not getting drafted at all. And AM struggles. And then he gets benched. And he's out of eligible years. So he has to go to the NFL. And the dream is ruined. He's not able to, you know, connect with anybody. He's not able to get there. It just feels like one of those things that. <sighs> was something that I think on his mind, but it was never real. I mean, it really wasn't a possibility of him coming back. And now, you know, the biggest thing for him is that he will be going to the 2021 Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. That is a premier all-star game for quarterbacks, for names who have trying to break into the conversation. I have watched quarterbacks for years actually get drafted because of what they did in that game. I've seen players boost their status all the way up from, I would say, probably mid-third round picks to top 50 selections. I mean, I watched Darius Leonard, who was a no-name, come out of nowhere, and now is an all-pro linebacker after being drafted, like, what was he, 38th overall? Because of what he did at the Senior Bowl and what he showed and what his capability were. I saw Hassan Riddick, a guy who was probably somewhere in that 50 to 70 range, get drafted top 15 because of what he did at the Senior Bowl. It's a great showing for Mon to step up and prove that maybe the offense was a little dumbed down. Maybe the wide receivers were the problem this year. Maybe all of those stipulations that hurt him at the start of the year are the reasoning that he was a very average quarterback in his final season. But again, at the same time, you got to give a lot of credit to Jimbo Fisher and what him and his staff were able to do when they really did not have to. Mon was always a Sumlin guy. Someone recruited him, someone played him, and someone made the decision to start him over Nick Starkle. Mon came in already a proven guy when Jimbo Fisher got there. Fisher had no need to play him. Fisher could have at any single moment gone and gotten his guy, to play his position. A position that he is known for adapting and building to successful talent somewhere in college football. Doesn't always transition to the NFL, but it does transition in college football. He did not owe Kellen Mond anything, and instead, the last three years, he stuck by his quarterback. And because of that, The team won a season-high eight straight games to close out 2020 in a record year where they finished 9-1. and 
The six foot three, two hundred and seventeen pound quarterback will head to the NFL draft, basically holding every Aggie record at the quarterback position. He broke the passing yardage and total yards record earlier this season, becoming the first ever AM player to surpass ten thousand yards in the latter category. He started thirty six games over three seasons, in addition to starting eight games as a true freshman in twenty seventeen, winning the job over Nick Starkle and never looking back. For his career, Mon threw 9,661 yards, 71 touchdowns, and 27 interceptions. He improved his completion percentage every single year and had 22 more scores on the ground, including 1,608 yards. Congratulations to Kellen Mond. We wish you nothing but the best here on Locked on Aggies as you begin your NFL future and know that you ended your career on a high note, winning eight straight games and potentially taking A&M to the highest ranking they will ever have since 1939 when they won the national title. That alone shows, in my opinion, you are the greatest quarterback in A&M history. Go out on top, King, and enjoy your success at the next level. A&M is thankful for you, the 12th man appreciates you, and know that your legacy will forever be enshrined in the halls of Kyle Field because of what you were able to do in a season with so much controversy, with so much potential to fail. Instead, you led up to the challenge and proved you were deserving of always being QB1 in College Station. Not only is college football season coming to an end, but we are at the start of the NFL playoffs. Plus, with basketball coming back, there will always be something on this upcoming winter. That means you should start your day off by placing a big-time bet to help you win in 2021. And there's only one place that has you covered and the one place we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag gives you the NFL games of the week, all the top cut in games in college basketball, plus the current headlines in sports. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Go visit our good friends and exclusive partners on social media at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. By the way, when you go sign up, use the promo code locked on for 50% off a welcome bonus in your first deposit. That promo code is locked on for 50% off as a welcome bonus in your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. 2020 is mercifully over, and 2021 is supposed to be a brand new day. And that means you just started off with a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long to help you put some moolah in your pocket. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So Texas A&M will transfer over from football, even though this is a big-time football state. And of course, we're going to be talking about football all offseason long because that's really what it is. But... We are going to talk a little bit about basketball. And Buzz Williams has done a very good job transitioning AM from an average team in the SEC to a team on the rise. You have to admit that in the last two games against Auburn alone, this is why they went out to Blacksburg to handpick Williams to lead AM as the next head coach. Unfortunately, that takes time. And the SEC at this point in time is a one-man show with Kentucky and a lot of teams trying to prove that they were that number two seed. From Alabama to LSU to 
Auburn to A&M to Mississippi State to even Arkansas. Any one of these teams really could step up and say, hey, we are the next team. And they can compete with Tennessee, I think, to prove they deserve the silver medal slot. However, a team that once was considered the up-and-comer in South Carolina has been very average. But they've also had A&M's number. The last two seasons, South Carolina was able to handle Buzz Williams completely and give A&M losses. That was also the storyline once again on Wednesday night. When the Aggies blew uh, a big-time lead going into the final five minutes of the first half to eventually lose 78-54. to It was a slow start, but Texas A&M entered halftime trailing by just six points, but the wheels came off in the second half. They only mustered six second-half points total. Total. Three came by one player, Emmanuel Miller. And A&M just shot 27% in the entire half. For them, they did go to the free throw line 16 times and had a 75% completion rating when at the line. It just wasn't enough who for the Gamecocks because they knocked down six second-half threes and shot 45% for the field in the final 20 minutes of action. Just a very lopsided game when you think about the second half. Now, Emmanuel Miller is still having one of the best starts of the year. The sophomore forward came into a terrific start on the season, and he ended the game um, with 17 of the Aggies' 27 first half points, and then he finished with 26 on the afternoon. I mean, on the evening. Quentin Jackson was the only player to also finish with more than six points, as he had 13. Miller played also a majority of the game. He only missed, I think it was about seven or eight minutes. Overall, the Gamecocks also did a fantastic job shooting around the backboard. They averaged 42% of the field. Uh, A&M only averaged 21%. They were also out-rebounded 45-31. to They took advantage all night of them with the rebounds, and A&M was only able to manage six offensive rebounds on the night. A.J. Lawson proved to be a big-time threat for the Gamecocks. He's going to be a name I think a lot of people look for in the SEC moving forward. He was unable to be slowed down by the Aggies' defense. He scored 30 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. The junior guard also caught fire with 19 points in the second half, bringing in 3 three-pointers in just the final 20 minutes. Listen, when you look at AM, there's still a team that's building. And that's, I think, the biggest thing a lot of Aggie fans need to kind of take away from a loss to South Carolina. Frank Martin has been there for a while. Frank Martin has had his time to prove that he is the guy. Frank Martin has really taken this team to a whole new level. But when you look at AM completely, there still are adjustments they have to make. And, you know, you had Buzz Williams talk about that. We prepared well in regards to the two teams we're facing uh, with on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we did th- a good thing this morning and on the afternoon and shoot around, but I always have veto power when it comes to changing things. Then there's also foul trouble that discombobulated the line when you wanted to sub players in, and you truly saw that, and you've seen that before. Talking about moving forward to play another contender in Tennessee this upcoming weekend, he said that, of course, 
with it being an East Coast game, they wouldn't get home until 3 a.m. on uh, Thursday morning. So it's going to be a quick turnaround for us. We've kind of planned out our uh, next few weeks on Sundays. We planned out for what is on Thursday and Friday relatively to our PCR test, film, weights, and practice. I just told the team that at the end of things that are plaguing us, regardless of the opponent, regardless of the local place that we are at, uh, we have to be able to change in order to beat the Auburns or make it LSU and Carolina a game. I believe that that will be true against Tennessee. I know bits and pieces about Tennessee. I have known they have really good personnel. I know they have a first bout Hall of Famer coach. I know that they have defensively, their numbers are elite nationally, and they play a great fundamental force on both ends. So we'll have trouble scoring. We'll have trouble guarding them, but we'll have to be more in trouble if our turnover rate stays too high and they're able to get 19 or more shots off, just like South Carolina did tonight. Everything about AM is building for the future. And you can't expect when a team loses their big man in Josh Nebo, they lose Wendell Mitchell, who was one of the more consistent three-point shooters last year, to really step up. I think that with AM, you see that there's progress and there are players who are being, you know, who are playing very special, like Emmanuel Miller, like Quentin Jackson, who showed that last year. But you want to see guys like Andre Gordon, who really started hot last season, was a starter, and by mid-year was benched because if he just couldn't get enough points in the minutes he was playing, you want to see him step up. You want to see Jonathan Aku step up. You want to see some of these freshmen who are supposed to be part of the future really play a big role moving forward. All those things aside, A&M should be in a very good spot, but they're not. They are far from it. And... I think when you see what the potential is for this team, it's easy to sit and point out how things can go right in their direction and how things can falter pretty fast. But everything that you saw on Thursday night has to be washed out the window going into Saturday. Tennessee is a powerful team defensively. They can shoot really well. And they've shown already in just a short SEC season, they are going to contend for, I think, an SEC title. How deep will they go? Who's to say? But they definitely are one of the better competitors in the SEC. And I think A&M has to take some consideration when they go prepare for this game. The world is ever-changing. And with it, that also means that there will always be ever-changing cars. And with more models coming out more than ever, it's impossible to stock up on parts at traditional chain stores. That's why I recommend you always go visit rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving people for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine modules to brake pads to tail lamps, even parts for the daily driver or renewing a classic car. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate through. Quickly see the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specification and price you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same professionals do it uh, from same professionals to do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend so much money to send your car away when you can do a quick fix in just a couple of seconds? Go to rockauto.com and use the promo code uh, locked on on the How'd You Hear It Bass section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, if you're not listening to the Locked on SEC show with Chris Gordy, you're missing out. Gordy breaks down all 14 SEC programs in football, basketball, women's basketball, 
baseball, and so, so, so much more. Plus, with the NFL draft coming around the corner, I can only tell you right now about the A&M players. Gordy can tell you about every single player coming out of the SEC. Subscribe wherever you get your Locked On podcast listening systems. So another name has come out that he will declare for the NFL draft, and this comes at no surprise, and this to me is not going to be the last name, but Ryan McCullum, who played center this past year, will forgo his final year of eligibility and declare for the NFL draft. Now, McCollum is a name who really started off strong. He missed most of last year. You had, you know, Colton Prater come in. He was the starting center. Then you had McCollum really step up this past offseason to be the center role. With him, Jared Hawker, and Kenyon Green, I believe they only allowed one total sack from the interior. I think he was a unfortunately a part of two but I'm pretty sure he only allowed one total sack on man-on-man coverage or was it man or was it one you know double teaming coverage and it was against Vanderbilt in his very first start since then he's really slowed down and become one of the better centers in the SEC I'd probably put him as the second best center behind Landon Dickerson who is draft eligible and center is a position that's really hard to kind of grade out You don't know what you're getting. Sometimes a center is really easy to pick. Sometimes you just take a guard and you move him to center. Sometimes you have a tackle and you want to play him at center. I mean, Cody White here was a tackle for Kansas State and they played him at center because that's where they think he fits best in Chicago. So a draft grade for him is really hard to kind of pronounce right now. I would hopefully be able to get to see him at the 2021 NFL Combine. I think that that's the only way you can kind of solidify where we're going with this. But it also marks two offensive linemen leaving Texas A&M. You already heard that Dan Moore Jr. would declare for the NFL draft. So that's a left tackle that needs to be replaced. And now you have McCollum going to the NFL draft, which means a center has to be replaced. Will Carson Green and Jared Hawker follow suit? If so, that's for the offensive line that needs to be replaced. And more than likely, both your guards, your center, and one of your tackles has to be replaced. Because I believe that Kenyon Green will move to right or left tackle. That's where he was naturally playing in high school. That's where I think that he is best suited. And I think you have to look at what will be coming in. And who's going to be names to watch for when you see the team. So let's just say we're going right now off what we know. Now Dan Moore's gone. So that means that you have to replace the left tackle. According to the depth chart as of now, Chris Morris, the freshman from Western Arkansas, would be the left tackle option. I believe at that point, you would probably move either him to right tackle or Kenyon Green would make the jump over to right tackle to replace Carson Green. After that, you would have to move somebody up and Josh Bankhead, the freshman from College Park High School, uh, that's actually my high school, so congratulations to Josh, would move into the left guard position according to what the depth chart says right now. Luke Matthews, of course, the Matthews family, everyone knows the name, would probably get the start at center as he is the second stringer, or you would have smart uh, Chibizo make the jump over him, and Matthew would probably move to guard in place of Hawker. After that, you'd have Layden Robinson or Nicola Ungabayi probably fight it out for the right guard position. If you kept Green at left guard, Blake Trainer, according to what the depth chart says, would be your next starting tackle. But we haven't also included a name that probably is going to start no matter what in 2021. And that, of course, is, sorry, uh, Bryce Foster. Bryce Foster, the guard from Katie Taylor, Texas. Highest rated guard uh, from the the class. I think he ranks number three in the the entire state. 
of Texas, or he's like number number seven in the state of Texas. He's like number f- two or three at the position. He's going to be a name, I think, to watch for. Ruben Fathery, the offensive tackle. He was a top 100 pick, uh, number 15 in the state, uh, number 13 or 12 at his position. Also could get the nod at right or left tackle. And then, of course, you have some other guys that you could probably look out for. You could probably see if Bankett's going to play there, even though he did play a lot in college, I mean, in high school as guard. Trey Zune, the four-star from Fort Collins. He was the number two player in the state. He's going to be a part of the team. Maybe you play him at right tackle. Any one of these players can really step up, I think, in the next couple weeks and show that they are the future of the position. But here's what we know. McCollum is gone, you have uh, Dan Moore gone, and I think that you're going to see Hawker and Green follow suit, which means a brand new offensive line is going to be part of the Aggies' core. And maybe that's also why Kellen Mond decided to go to the NFL. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Tomorrow's show, I'm going to do a guess the depth chart for 2021. We'll go position by position, talk about players I think are going to be stepping up and names I think possibly could transfer, could stay, who knows. We'll be talking all that and much, much more on tomorrow's show. We'll see you then. And remember, be good, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.